Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. Jamestown Mayor Eddie Sunquist's tenure as the city's top executive will come to an end on December 31st. We talk with him about his reflections on the last four years here. It's the final month of 2023, and it's also the final month of current Mayor Eddie Sunquist's four-year term serving the city of Jamestown. We welcome Mayor Sunquist to the WRFA studios today to talk about the last four years as well as some other current events. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Julia. So there's there's been a lot that's happened in the last four years. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> yeah, including the fact no one no one saw a pandemic as part of your tenure when you took office in January 2020. So what are your thoughts right now on the last four years? You know, you're, you, I think you summed it up when you said it's been a absolute uh, wild or crazy four years. I mean, we started with a pandemic. We had uh, civil unrest, racial uh, riots in between, protests. Uh, we had, you know, completely changing economics in this in this country. We saw the largest expansion of uh, direct funding to cities that we have seen in, you know, God knows how many decades. Uh, and we've just seen a complete just change in not only our, our city, but our nation. And it's been a very, very long four years, <laughs> but a phenomenal one uh, for the city of Jamestown. And you know, when it comes to the things that you've been involved with, I mean, even with a pandemic involved, there's been things that you've been proud of. There certainly have been. This has been a really incredible experience. Uh, we've uh, been working to put Jamestown on the map, right? Uh, I think we've worked to not only bring in significant state and federal funding uh, to the city. I think last year alone, we tallied over $33 million in, uh, in federal and state funding as we were talking with our grant writer. Uh, we've been able to uh, move some of those economic development projects uh, forward uh, that have been kind of lingering. That we didn't know whether they were going to to continue. Uh, we've uh, you know dealt with you know, completely changing our police department, right, and focusing on community-based uh, policing. And it has just been a very uh, wonderful four years to help move our community forward because we're still healing from the COVID pandemic, which. I think it's taken a toll on our community. We lost a lot of really incredible people, family, friends, uh, and we're all trying to figure out how do we move forward and what does uh, that forward look like? Mm -hmm. And that kind of gets to the heart of my next question was what what challenged you this last four years? And obviously, (laughs) I I mean, I don't know that any mayor has had a greater challenge than maybe, I mean, I say other than a pandemic, Whoever I'm trying to think of who was mayor in you know 1918 sure, yes. <laughs> or during the Great Depression uh, in terms of challenges that a city could face, but uh, I mean no, I I just I really don't even have words for what that must have been like to have to come in you know fresh you know starting a new term 
and three months in, you're having to shut everything down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that I've, I've probably qualified my term as mayor as just crisis management. <laughs> I think that's been the entire thing since the beginning. And when you ask what's the, what's the biggest challenge, it's really been jumping from one crisis to the next, right? So you have the pandemic, then we have civil unrest, then we have uh, you know, trying to recover. We've got shutdowns of businesses, life as we know it uh, in, this, in this city and in this country. Uh, we've got you know, changes in our state and federal governments. Uh, on top of all of that, we then start seeing homelessness and then we start seeing, you, know, you name it, it's been one thing after the next. Uh, but yeah, I think that the biggest challenge that we've had or I've had in this process has really been the unknown. We just didn't know where the next thing was going to lead. And that's a really difficult thing because in many, in many instances as mayor, you kind of know what the next thing's going to be, right? Uh, you know, you're always kind of chasing and looking for that next project. Ours was what's the next crisis going to be? And how do we manage that? How do we ensure that our community gets through that safely? Right. And I'm thinking in terms of crisis, I mean, these are some of the things you dealt with. Well, a lot of the things you dealt with, they, they affect the bottom line. So when you're trying to put together city budgets, it's like you didn't know what, you know, no. exactly you said, you didn't know like no. what is going to come up. Like I'm thinking about two major industrial fires between uh, um, Jamestown Royal and the Crawford Furniture, which we'll talk about Crawford Furniture later. Uh, you know, those buildings and the impact on the city budget for, you know, personnel costs and uh, demolition costs and my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I, those two things alone, and those would have been big even in a non-pandemic years. They would, and they and they certainly are. I mean, I think one of the toughest things we had to do is just a couple months into the start of the term, we slashed the city's budget uh, by what was it, almost two million dollars? Uh, you know, just a slash and burn, and we just didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, and ever since then, we've tried to be pretty conservative in our not only our budgeting, but our, our spending on behalf of the city, uh, which has resulted in a pretty significant fund balance, uh, which is, is a position that despite all of the other economic factors happening, as you mentioned, the, the various fires, the money that we've had to pay out, right, the overtime, <laughs> You know, all of those things, um, including settling uh, police and fire contracts, right, and paying back wages going back several years, uh, we've still managed uh, to stay in the black. And we've managed uh, to do so in a, in a pretty positive way. Uh, and on top of that, we were able to use federal funding, you know, $28 million worth to help not only deal with uh, things that have been put off for many years by the city, uh, but to invest directly into our community, our small businesses, our homes that uh, we have helped repair through senior citizen housing program, through home improvement programs, uh, expansion of businesses and new jobs, new opportunities. Uh, those have all been really incredible things that we've been able to do just to help us recover from this really incredible and difficult thing that happened. And you know, talking about things that were unknown, you didn't anticipate through everything that you would be getting you know, $28 million from no. the federal government. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a huge chunk of money that I don't think this, this city's ever seen. And, you know, talk about good problems to have <laughs> in terms of, you know, what do you do with that? And when you were talking about um, business expansions, I think you, you might have mentioned, I think you mentioned this in your, your budget proposal in October, I said about how many jobs were created because of those business um, incentive programs that you 
Yeah, we had uh, we had over 400 jobs either created or retained as part of our, our initiative to fund small business. And that's a really significant number for our community. When we see a lot of other places closing, some were able to stay open and, and even expand. Uh, and that's a really a wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. When it comes to things that yeah, you had a lot on your that you proposed that was on your plate when you took office and a lot of initiative that you would hope to go through obviously things change as years go on you know pandemics do get in the way of some of those things what were some of the things you had hoped to come accomplish that maybe just didn't quite get there yeah there were there were a lot actually i think there was a lot of hope going into 2019 into 2020 and you know some of those things just uh, weren't able to materialize, I think, because of just the changes in, in times. Um, one of those things was we really wanted to focus on uh, Jamestown as a destination, as well as a place for a lot of different events to come to. Uh, those things are starting to happen, but not to the level that we were hoping to make it ha- to make it happen uh, coming into 2020. I think we also really wanted to focus on uh, creating a municipal broadband network. Um, we've gotten closer to that goal. A lot of it is really funding based, uh, but the the state has kind of recognized, and the federal government has recognized that you know the communities that have taken this route have found a lot of success in helping getting their residents connected. Uh, and so we've been included in the state's uh, plans for uh, broadband expansion on the federal level, uh, which is a really great thing. Uh, and there's, you know, there are some things that did happen throughout this process, right? Being able to settle all of our union contracts was a huge undertaking. Uh, when I came in, we were many years behind on uh, some of those contracts, uh, mostly due to litigation and other, other factors. Uh, but we were able to work and negotiate and settle every contract uh, that the city has uh, and bring them current, which was a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And some of the things I know you would plan to work on, you know, downtown, work on businesses and things. And it seems like things are starting to move forward with downtown, just as, you know, I would say, not that I would say things are coming to an end for you. You obviously will still have a life on afterwards, but uh, I mean, in terms of the end of your tenure, but there are things happening downtown. They are, and they're they're continuing to happen. We've, We've made strategic investments in downtown and in our neighborhoods, which was the main goal. You know, for our downtown, we've uh, we've worked to try to revitalize some of those shops and those places. And although it may look like there's not a lot downtown, there's very few actually open spaces for people to uh, to have or set up shop, uh, which is a really incredible thing. But we have uh, tried to improve and beautify uh, our downtown area and our neighborhoods. And we've uh, brought more events uh, to different parts of the city, which was a, a huge component of what we wanted uh, to do. And uh, those things are in the works. We've got large buildings uh, that are going through for develop, redevelopment. Uh, a lot of those things, you know, in a typical mayoral year may happen within the first couple of years, right? But we were shut down for two, two and a half years. And so they're, now they're finally starting to come back to head. And that's a great thing for our city. Mm-hmm. And well, this is some some of the stuff I would say was going to come under maybe current events, but I want to talk some more because we at the city council meeting uh, last night, Director of Development Crystal Surtig did get into some details about some of the activity that's happening downtown. One was the Furniture Mart building, which has been this 
I don't know, I almost want to say the monolith. It's, it's a building, it's a tall building, it's you know, 10 stories of it hanging out there on 3rd and Washington Street, and there's been a number of developers who've come through 2019. There was Crow Corporation, I think before that, Carl Palladino had some sort of interest in the building too. Most recently, Severino companies had come in, they had applied for a $500,000 CFA grant, didn't get it from New York State, and then other, you know, issues came along where they were you know going out of business but we see like there's there seems to be a glimmer of hope on the horizon with that project now yes you know we've we've really changed the way we work with uh, developers and development and we've tried to be have a, a pretty strong collaborative model and what we're starting to see is of many of those developers looking at the city of jamestown now um, I don't think it's all because of the way we've we've worked uh, in terms of with developers, but I, I do see that developers are starting to get priced out of other larger markets, and they're looking at mid to smaller markets like Jamestown as a unique opportunity, right? They're places that people are moving to because you can almost work from anywhere now. Uh, and they're, they're also seeing an uptick in uh, sale of homes. They're seeing an uptick in sale of uh, businesses and buildings. And for a, a developer, that's a really positive trend uh, where they want to invest in that market. They want to take those fundings and invest in those buildings because they're going to get a huge return on the investment as the as more people enter into the city. So what the city is trying to do now is there there's money now that wasn't previously available that may become available. You've uh, administrations asked for the state to reallocate some downtown revitalization initiative funds. Yeah, so there are there were several projects that ended up stall, being stalled or not going forward uh, that were part of the, the downtown revitalization initiative, uh, as well as other grant funds. And so we've been asking the state now to reallocate those to projects that we think are going to most likely move forward, and that would be the Furniture Mart building. So if we know those other projects, although they're phenomenal, we want them to happen. If we know those developers or building owners aren't going to move forward, we're, we're trying to ask the state now, please reallocate that funding so that we can actually work on some of these other projects that are in the hopper and are ready to go, but for the final uh, push of funding. Mm -hmm. So it's funny to think you know, that when it comes to the DRA, I think that was something that was announced in 2016. And it's like, here we are, it's like this many years later, and we're still talking about that money. Um, Jamestown Brewing Company was one of the businesses that benefited from the DRI funding, you know, the, the development of that building on the corner of, um, uh, when I said the Furniture Mart building, I, I said 3rd in Washington, it's 2nd in Washington, but then just up a block further on 3rd in Washington is the Jamestown Brewing Company building. And even that, even though they, they were one that were affected by the pandemic and other issues, there's even possibly headway on that project as well. There is. We've been working with uh, several potential entities to try to purchase that building, and it it looks like uh, one has uh, is almost ready on a deal, uh, which is which is a good thing. Uh, you know, things have changed along the way uh, that have made that a more attractive uh, location uh, to purchase uh, at uh, maybe a slightly lower price, uh, which price point, uh, which has been positive. Uh, so we're waiting to try to get that deal finalized. I think we're trying to work with all the different partners uh, to try to get that brewery space running again, because it's so important, right? These anchor these anchor organizations are really important for the downtown and for the city. And we want to be able to see more restaurants, right? We want to be able to see uh, more operations happening in our downtown core, uh, because it provides some life and vibrancy for our residents. Mm -hmm. 
going back to some of the challenges, there's what you, you had mentioned it briefly about, you know, with homelessness going up and we're, we're still dealing with this, the, and this kind of uh, outfall, or should I say, we're still dealing with this fallout from the pandemic where we saw our homeless population increase, especially after the housing moratorium, the housing eviction moratorium end in uh, 2022. So here we are now, and we've learned just before Thanksgiving that the two emergency uh, co blue shelters that were in a city were not going to be able to open again this season. And kind of where we are with this. Yeah, so we were proud to be able, to, um, my, my team and I were proud to be able to work with the county and a bunch of other partners, faith-based organizations and other groups to open up to, and really the, the first and only emergency homeless shelters in uh, in this, not the city, I'm not sure if it was the entire county, but there were the only shelters in the entire county. Uh, and so that was a, that was a way for us to manage uh, the upcoming, the, the winter. Um, we had hoped that the county would continue because just for your listeners understanding uh, the county as well as a coalition of organizations manage homelessness across the the county wide spectrum so it's not just the city managing it right it is a county-wide issue uh, part of uh, social services uh, and so we were working with the county to try to set those up we were able to set those up utilizing uh, some federal funding that we received uh, which was really beneficial uh, and we were also uh, saddened and kind of shocked to hear that they weren't going to be able to continue those agreements with MHA as well as Joy Fellowship Church. Uh, you know, I think those were decisions made between those organizations and the county. Uh, and so the the county, as well as some folks from the city, were working to try to find another organization uh, that could potentially open up a shelter. Um, I think we're close. Uh, and I know the county's been working diligently on trying to make sure that that occurs. Because uh, at the end of the day, this is ultimately responsibility of the county. Uh, but you know, we've always taken action and trying to push all of the players to to make sure that we've got something available. We're continuing to do that. I think the announcement that we received from uh, the other organizations that they're not going to be able to do that and they couldn't come to an agreement with the county uh, came pretty late. <laughs> so uh, we're working in the background to try to solve some of these issues, and we're we're hoping to have a good solution um, sooner than later. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the next person who has to sit in your chair over at City Hall, do you have any words of wisdom or advice that you would offer Mayor-elect Kim Yuckland? Yeah, you know, being mayor is a is a is a tough job only by the sheer fact that you're you're constantly solving problems, right? And uh, as I, I said this to uh, to the mayor-elect, you know, I I wish her well, and I knew I know that she will bring the same uh, passion and energy and love that she puts into her community to this position. Um, and that's really all, all it is, right? It's, it's bringing all of the pieces together and ensuring that the services that we provide to our residents continue to happen. They do so at a high quality and that we are open and transparent about the work that we do. Moving on to another topic, this is something I would consider a piece of good news out of something that was not great news. We learned in recent weeks that the uh, Environmental Protection Agency has begun their cleanup of the former Crawford Furniture site, and this has to be a relief to you. 
Oh, it certainly is. Yes. You know, I think it was a lot of foresight on especially our development director, Crystal Surtick, uh, to bring in the Environmental Protection Agency uh, before the thing burned down. <laughs> so as you may recall, and I think you guys did lots of stories on this, we brought in a whole team of, of people uh, to ensure that that site got cleaned up. And it was mostly cleaned up, I believe, if not fully cleaned up uh, when the building ended up going up in, in flames. Uh, but because of that, we've been able to advocate uh, through uh, our communication directly with Senator Schumer and with the EPA uh, to uh, get that site declared a super fund. And the EPA is now uh, doing all of the cleanup uh, of that site, cleanup and remediation. Mm -hmm. uh, so where the city may have been on the hook for millions of dollars to clean up that site, uh, we're now only on the hook for our original uh, kind of excavation of the site in order to put out the fire, uh, which would be more around along the lines of a little over $100,000 or, or a bit more, depending on the final bill, um, which is a lot better chunk to swallow than the millions of dollars it's going to cost us to remediate that site. So we're very thankful for our partners uh, at the EPA. We're, we're thankful for Senator Schumer. Uh, for kind of answering our answering our call to, for this assistance. And we're really, really grateful that that site, once it's remediated, will become a useful site for further development. And when you're saying, you know, millions of dollars, we're talking $5 million. That's a huge amount of funds that I don't even know where the city would have found that money to do that cleanup. And also, you know, the fact that, uh, I mean, that, it, you know, to do that cleanup, I mean, it's it was far more involved than I think any other project I've, I think the city's been involved with. Uh, one thing that was mentioned, although they, I mean, there wasn't too many details, is that the city is looking at trying to recoup some funds from the developer, Allen Street Development uh, LLC and its owner, Richard Versiniak. Is there, do you see a light at the end of that tunnel in terms, do you think that that the city will ultimately be successful in trying to get some money from that case? I think we'll get something. I don't know what that's going to be, uh, but we are actively pursuing that litigation in city court uh, right now against uh, against the developer as well as the, the building owner. Uh, and you know we're we're hoping that something can come of it. Uh, you know whether that's some type of uh, you know money coming back to the city for that cleanup, which ultimately really should be their responsibility uh, or uh, some other uh, form of um, some other some other form uh, in the litigation itself. But um, we've yet to see we're going to continue that process. We're actively litigating it now in our courts uh, and uh, we're hoping for the best for the city. Mm -hmm. I asked you this last month, but I figure it's been a couple of weeks, been a month since then, and I thought I'd try again to see what's next for you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I am uh, I'm an attorney by trade, and so I'm I'm probably going to be going back to practicing law, uh, and so we're still trying to just figure out what that looks like. Uh, but you know, I'll certainly be transitioning from public service back into private service, and uh, you know, that's not a bad thing. Uh, I'm going to be looking forward to not having the 2 a.m. phone calls. Uh, and wondering what's going to be on the other on the other end of that line, 
but you know certainly will continue to to help and be a part of um, this community, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I'm sticking around. I'm staying in Jamestown. Um, for some reason, that's the question I always I keep getting, uh, which is you know you're not going to leave us, are you? And the answer is no. Um, this is my home. I'm staying here. Uh, opening up a law practice uh, is part of it, and uh, looking for ways to help the community like I like I do now. All right. Anything else that you'd like to add, Mayor Sunquist? I just appreciate you having me on, talking about a very, very long four years, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely was. Well, this is, I I know we'll see each other at meetings over the coming weeks, but I just want to wish you and your family Merry Christmas and a hopeful, a, a very good new year. Thank you so much. Same to you.